Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. We are surrounded, aren't we, by broken, lonely, poor people. They are our neighbors. Reach out to them. Don't close your heart. Don't close your wallet. Reach out to them. Love your neighbor. But Jesus is saying more than that. Verse 44, I say to you, love your enemies. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe, Senior Pastor of Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's easy to love someone who treats you well, who respects you, who has your best interests at heart. But what about those who hurt you and cause you pain? Today on The Verdict, we're exploring the staggering command of our Lord Jesus to love our enemies. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. How are you in your dealings with others? Are you always insisting on your rights, your way, what you deserve? Is that the most important thing? Your reputation, your entitlement, your interests? I realize that it is very easy to get into that mindset, isn't it? But when you do wrong, we want people to be merciful to us. But are we merciful to them? Last time, as we listened to the teaching of Jesus and what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, we saw that Jesus is saying, don't retaliate, display mercy and a generosity of spirit. Don't be self-serving. Now Jesus is going to go further and say that we are to love our enemies. Fasten on your seatbelt as this is very convicting. But remember, this teaching comes from our Lord Jesus. You ready to hear the teaching of Jesus? Here it is. First of all, in Matthew 5, verses 38 through 42. This is Jesus speaking. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you. And do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Matthew 5, verses 38 through 42. Very convicting verses, aren't they? What is the basic point? Don't retaliate when you're personally insulted. Secondly, don't insist on your legal rights. Third, go the extra mile. Fourth, give generously. Give out of gratitude for all that God has given you. God can give you more and more and more. And the more you give, often the more the Lord gives us. Now, Jesus has more. Let's read on. You think that was tough teaching? More is to come. Let's read Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You ready for this? You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect 
as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48. We saw in the preceding verses the basic principle, don't retaliate. Is there more? Yes. Don't retaliate, but love your enemies. Jesus is commanding me to love my enemy, and I'm to pray for those who are persecuting me. And he says, listen, it's easy to love those who love you. Even, even unbelievers do that. Uh, even the despised uh, tax collectors do that. In that culture, the tax collector was regarded as despised. They were despicable people. Even the despicable people, even nasty people love their own. They love their own family. They love their own friends. Uh, they invite their friends over for dinner and they go to their friend's house for dinner. And that's the way it works. He says, do not even the Gentiles do the same at the end of verse 47. Even the pagans love their own. But I'm saying to you, it's true, you're to love your neighbor. Do you love your neighbor? Remember the mar marvelous parable Jesus told of the Good Samaritan? Where the lawyer asks a very good question as Jesus tells the story. He says, well, who is my neighbor? I'm, I'm glad that question was asked because Jesus clarifies it. Your neighbor is anyone in need who you are able to help. In that parable, a man is traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And on the way, he's robbed, he's beaten up, he's left half dead on the, on the road, and the, the robbers, having stripped him of all of his possessions, leave him. And a, a priest comes, a religious man, and he's walking and he sees the man and just keeps on going. Uh, here, here's a Levite, another religious man. He's walking on the same road and he sees a wretched man and he, he takes a look, but he passes by on the other side. They have a policy of non-involvement. This is not my problem. Someone else's problem, poor man. It's a pity someone doesn't help him, but he's not my problem. Uh, I've got a very important appointment down in Jericho and I'm a very busy man and this man, uh, someone else can help him, but not me. And then Jesus says, a man come who's a, a Samaritan, who really, there is animosity between the Jew and the Samaritan. Here's a Jew left half dead and here's a Samaritan that you would have expected to kept on going. But no, the Samaritan comes. We call him the good Samaritan. And he helps the man. Do you practice the policy of non-involvement? Close your eyes to something. Bury your head in the sand. Here is someone you know. God has put them in front of you and you know they have a need. And you, in effect, don't care. Jesus said, don't do that. Love your neighbor. And we are surrounded, aren't we, by broken, lonely, poor people. They are our neighbors. Reach out to them. Don't close your eyes. Don't close your heart. Don't close your wallet. Reach out to them. Love your neighbor. But Jesus is saying more than that. Verse 44, I say to you, love your enemies. Not only am I not to hate my enemy, I am to love my enemy. That requires, doesn't it, the love of God in our hearts and the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
The Romans were Israel's enemies occupying Israel. The Romans were often brutal and harsh. And here is a command to followers of Jesus. You know these Romans? These Romans who treat you so badly. These Romans who are so arrogant. These Romans who have taken over your government. I want you to love them. I know you. I know they're your enemies. I want you to love your enemies. And then Jesus, the brilliant teacher, helps us to understand. He says, listen, think of this. That God loves everyone. God sends the rain and the sun on the evil and the good, on the just and the unjust. Today in Charlotte, we have a beautiful sunny day. It's a wonderful day. And that sun comes down on everyone in Charlotte. It comes down on the best of people and it comes down on the worst of people. That nasty, despicable character that you don't like, he receives the sun. Tuesday or Wednesday, we're told the rain will come. I love the rain. And the rain will come. And the rain also comes down on the good and the evil. You see, God, remember, is a God who loved you when you were his enemies. And that God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And says Jesus now, you are demonstrating that your sons of, the, of your father in heaven when you love your enemies. Your father does that. I want you to do that. You are his followers. You are the sons of God. Show the character of God. Love your enemies. Convicting, isn't it? I have to ask you. Do you have an enemy in your life? I don't mean someone out there to kill you. But is there someone there who has really hurt you? Some individual you really detest. Some individual, when you think of them, it brings bitterness and it might even be hate. And you certainly despise that person and you certainly want nothing to do with them. And quite honestly, you rejoice if something bad happened to them. You would say they deserve that. Might be a previous boss at work who's treated you badly. It might be a business partner. You've gone into business and you've lost a lot of money over this person. And they defrauded you and they left you short of a lot of money. You say, I would never deal with that individual again. I, I really hate them. Could be a family member. Could be a former husband or wife. Could be your own father. Could be your child. Could be a brother or sister that you know. Is there someone that you hate? And you say, John, they have, uh, they've wronged me. They're, they're, they're bad. Uh, they've seriously wronged me. They've abused me. They've taken advantage of me. I understand. I understand. They are your enemy. I'm not disputing the fact that they have wronged you. I'm not disputing the fact that they are your enemy. But what Jesus is saying to you and to me, I want you to love that person. I want you to love your enemies. Not only are you not to seek vengeance on them, you are to love them. 
Abraham Lincoln said, the best way to destroy your enemy is to make him your friend. I suppose that works in politics sometimes, doesn't it? Love, the power of love can turn that enemy into a friend. And a great way to begin to love your enemy is given by Jesus. Notice in verse 44, pray for those who persecute you. You ever prayed for that enemy? You ever prayed for that person, that enemy? But let me bring it a little broader, perhaps even more convicting. Are there groups of people that you hate? Is there a group of people that you despise? You think you're superior to them? You dislike? You're prejudiced against them? You say, what do you mean, John? I've met people who just say, oh, I don't like these Hispanics. I don't like these immigrants. Listen, I am an immigrant. Are these people, you sometimes can't understand them. I remember when we first came to the United States and my wife was still learning English and we were in Texas and, and some people are difficultly understanding her. That's not their fault necessarily. We're difficultly understanding them. They speak a kind of a strange English in Texas as well. And uh, communication was difficult. I understand that. That's not a problem. We can both improve. Ah, but some of them were quite mean, made nasty comments. Are you like that? What about your view of African Americans? You just think you're better than them. You despise them. You make terrible jokes about them. Quite honestly, you're a racist. Is that true of you? What about people from the north? Here we are in the south. I hear people say, oh, these terrible northerners, these, these Yankees. I'm thinking, no, we're in the United States. I remember when I first came to the U.S., Friends of ours at seminary invited us to their home and he had this beautiful tapestry and uh, it had some words on it. And uh, I remembered my schoolboy Latin. It was A Pluribus Unum, which was the original motto of the United States. So I said to my friend, you know what that means? He said, quite honestly, John, I've really never noticed it. I said, that's the motto originally of the United States, although it was changed some time ago to In God We Trust. What a beautiful motto. Out of many, one. Many different countries, many different nationalities, many different colors of skin coming to the United States and forming one nation of Americans. What a wonderful concept. And this worked to some extent. But how much more work we have to do? What about the church? A pluribus unum. Think of church. People from all over the world with different accents different colors of skin, different nationalities, all coming together as the one people of God. And the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleansed me of all of my sin, is the same blood that cleanses you of all of your sin. And the Holy Spirit who indwells me is the whole, same Holy Spirit who indwells you. And so we are to love one another, but says Jesus, you're also to love your enemies. Now I don't know what that means in your life. I don't know if you're prejudiced or not. Perhaps you're prejudiced against white Caucasians. I, I, I don't know. All I know is human nature can be very prejudiced, can't it? And we can hurt people. And we can make jokes. And we can make stereotypes. And think of the injustice in this country. 
against some immigrant, against some African-American going for a run and being confronted by people who perhaps didn't like the color of his skin. I don't know all the details. Now, when I was a little boy, we were taught the chorus, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the, of the world. I thought this morning I might sing it, but my throat's a bit off. That's my excuse. You know, when we learned that, I had never seen a black person in my life. I had never seen someone who was yellow or brown or red. I was surrounded by white people. But I'm very thankful that these Sunday school teachers were teaching us something that we need to grasp, that Jesus loves everyone and the love of God embraces the whole world and it embraces you and you did not choose your ethnicity. You did not choose the color of your skin and neither did I, but we are all who love Christ, were his followers, and Jesus is saying, whatever that enemy is, I don't know what the enemy is in your life. I know those who have mistreated me, and I know what I am to do according to the teaching of Jesus. You are to love your enemy. Perhaps you need to repent of some hate in your life. Perhaps before God, you've got to admit that you are really a racist, that you're prejudiced. And praise God, that when we were his enemies, Christ died for us. What a transformation it would be in Charlotte, wouldn't it? What a transformation in the Carolinas if we love not only our neighbors, but our enemies. And this week, I want you to reach out to that enemy. Will you pray for those who have hurt you, who have persecuted you, who have hated you, who have mistreated you, who have abused you? Yes, this is counter cultural living for those who are in the kingdom of God. And it is being like God. Did you notice the last verse? Verse 48. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. There's the standard. This word perfect means to be complete, to be mature, to be like God, to reflect the very character of God. You say, who could attain that standard? This is the transformation of the gospel. That the more I follow Jesus Christ and the closer I am to my Savior and the more with humility and with trust I obey his teaching, the more I will become like Jesus. That's the point. To be like him, to be like God. Paul puts it this way, have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 5. He puts it again this way in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. 1 John 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Do you get the point? That we who have been saved by the grace of God and have been transformed by the mighty power of the gospel in our lives, that we are now becoming more and more like Jesus as we yield to the Holy Spirit, as we turn from our sin, as we obey this teaching, as I don't retaliate, as I love my neighbor, as I love my enemy, I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. Be perfect 
as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's radical teaching, isn't it? You say, John, John, I, I, I come short. Yes, you do. I come short. I'm saying to you today, and Jesus is saying to you, don't retaliate. Love your enemies. This can never be achieved in our own strength. This is not the way of salvation. No, 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 no. Jesus is not saying if you, if you love your enemy, you're going to be saved. No, he's saying because you are saved. Because you've received the love of God. And because your sins have been forgiven. And because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the way that you should love. One of my favorite verses is Romans 5 verse 5. Where Paul says that God's love. Think of God's love. It's infinite. God's love is poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit who's been given to you. <laughs> Think of this. Amazing. That God's love, the very love of God by the power of the Holy Spirit is being poured into my heart. Here's a prayer for you every day. Fill me with your love, Lord. Pour that love into my heart. And to replace that bitterness, that hate, that prejudice, that racism, give me that love, the love of God. And when we do so, we are reflecting the very character of God. We're being like Jesus. When Jesus was being crucified by evil men, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Of course, Jesus perfectly fulfilled his own teaching. Plummer put it this way very well. To return evil for good is devilish. To return good for good is human. To return good for evil is divine. I like that. To return evil for good is devilish. Never do that. To return good for good is human. That's a good thing to do. Ah, but to return good for evil is divine. That's what Jesus is saying. Return Good for evil. This is Christ's call on us who are his followers, who are in the kingdom of God. This is the righteousness which exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. This is loving your neighbor and loving your enemies. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the end of a message titled, Loving Your Enemies. If you missed any part of this convicting lesson, just go to our website where you can find all of these daily Bible messages. That's theverdict.org. And you can also get these programs downloaded automatically by subscribing to The Verdict Podcast. Just search your podcast app for The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. And as a special offer to go along with our current series on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we'd like to send you a free booklet by John that goes deeper into what Jesus taught His followers about what it means to follow Him. By walking you through Scripture and providing insightful commentary, this booklet offers a fresh perspective and practical application for your daily life. The booklet is titled, Life in the Kingdom. And you can download or request your free copy today by going to our website at theverdict.org. While you're there, you'll also have the chance to help us reach new listeners with the gospel this new year by supporting our radio ministry with a donation. We're so grateful for fellow believers like you who help us share God's Word across the globe with their financial gifts. So please give today by going online to theverdict.org. 
We also want to invite you to join us for Sunday morning worship here at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, home of The Verdict. To find directions and details, or to worship with us via our live stream online, just go to theverdict.org. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Do you have any enemies? People who have mistreated you, perhaps maligned you, taken advantage of you, injured you, betrayed you, defrauded you? What's your attitude towards them? How do you respond in these painful situations? Can I say, don't be consumed by bitterness, but listen to the words of Jesus, who tells us not only to love our neighbors, but to love our enemies. That requires the love of God in our hearts, which is promised as we receive Christ. Hypocrisy is our subject next time, so join me then. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.